Christ Community Church is called by the God of all grace for the transforming of life in Middle Tennessee, spiritually, socially, and culturally. Through the power of the gospel, from Franklin to the nations of the world, all for the glory of God. For more information, visit ChristCommunity.org. Good morning, church. It is great to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Randy Lovelace and serve here as pastor. I want to welcome you if you are visiting with us here this morning. For the first time or the first several times, we are grateful for your presence. We welcome you into this community and we pray that whether you are a visitor, a regular attender, or a member here, may you know <clears throat> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We also welcome those who are joining us on the live stream this morning, grateful for your presence here. And let's uh, begin this morning. Uh, before I read the passage, I wanna begin with prayer um, and uh, to ask that the Lord would be with us and teach us this morning and guide us as we go into his word again in the book of Acts chapter one. Let's pray together before we begin. Holy Father, we thank you that you are good and your purposes for us are good and your love is sure. Lord Jesus, your glory, your power, and your kingdom is forever. We thank you that you've invited us to be part of the great celebration of the kingdom, the worship of God's people. Thank you for the churches in this community who are calling on the name of Jesus today, for churches around this country and around the world in so many different languages, in places where it is hostile to name the name of Christ, places where you are bringing renewal and restoration. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, your kingdom is at work. We're not waiting for it to start. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that it is your promised presence with your people together today that we can rejoice that the Lord is in this place. Now we ask that by your word, you would make us more and more a people for your kingdom and for your mission. Help us, we pray. Help the teacher. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if in fact you are joining us for the first time, we are in a year-long series of the Trinity. Behold our God, the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the fall, we were looking at the doctrines that the scriptures teach and how the Father, our Father, is revealed. And then the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in his incarnation and in his ministry, earthly ministry, and that would ultimately lead to the cross and resurrection, but also his enthronement. For Jesus has been completely vindicated and he is seated on the throne and he is victoriously reigning. And when we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we're not waiting for Jesus to show up again as he has promised for that kingdom to begin. That kingdom has been inaugurated. And that is also the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we're in the portion of our series 
on the Spirit, and it will lead us up to Pentecost Sunday at the end of May. But this morning, we go back again to Acts chapter 1 and two verses, verses 7 and 8, and then we're going to do something really different. So I want you to relax. I want you to take a deep breath because you're going to help me write this sermon this morning and you didn't even know it. You ready for that? Come on, people. When I ask you a question, yeah, just, get, just get ready. If you are not afraid to say something, if I ask, I want you to speak. Is that good? Can I get an amen? There you go. Come on. Now, see, we're good. We're awake. All right, let's go. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 to 8. He said to them, Jesus saying to his disciples, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, let's begin. I have a question for you. When you read the words here, and you hear them read, and you will be my witnesses, and he's telling the disciples how the rolling out of the kingdom, the glory of Christ and the message of the gospel is going to go. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon them and then he's going to send them as witnesses to these various places. You and I, if you are a professing believer in Jesus Christ, or if you are not, either way, you are sitting in a place that is the direct result of this missional moment in Acts chapter one. We are recipients all the way down of the promises of God given in the gospel, the work of the Spirit, going one person to the next person and to the next person and to the next person. All the way down to where someone, if you're a believer, someone actually told you about Jesus. And you, at some point, professed your faith, whether you don't remember a day that you did not believe in Jesus or whether you came to Jesus later at a later period in your life as I did, you still have a testimony. We just sang of it. This, this is our testimony. So all of us have a testimony. So, but here's the question, and we're going to work together on this. When you hear the phrase, to be my witnesses, what comes to your mind? Now, don't talk over each other raise your hand and I'll call on you. When you hear, what does it mean to be a witness? What does being a witness mean to you? Anyone, come on. Being an example. What was that? A martyr. Woo, example to martyr. All right, going in the deep sauce. I'm gonna repeat these so everybody can hear. We got example, we have a martyr. What else? Passing out tracks. There you go. What else? What was that? Telling the truth. Telling the truth. What else? Being salt. Being salt. What else? Whoa, nice. You're getting into it. That's great. Raise your hand over here. Yes. Living differently. Living differently. Anyone else? One more. Come on. Yes. 
telling the story. Okay. So as you can tell, when you hear the word witness, and I ask you what it is, all of us, before I've said a word, have received from somewhere, either reading or your experience or the teaching or your own understanding, what being a witness is. Some of you have been quite literal. Some of you more metaphorical. Some of you have been quite broad. Some of you have been very specific. So imagine that. Is it at all a surprise that when it comes to the idea that every single Christian, every single person that calls and trusts in the name of Jesus is on mission? Said another way, this is not unique to me or unique to us. Every member, a missionary. But my guess is most of you don't think of yourselves as missionaries. And the way in which witness has been displayed or exemplified within our experience of Christianity in the West, especially in the United States or in England or in Europe, over the last 50 to say 70 years, the idea of witness carries with it that witnessing is that I need to learn a way in which I can be ready to tell propositional truths about who Jesus is, who he was, what he has done, and what he's doing now. Or another way, that I need to learn to be a witness means I need to read a book on apologetics. Anybody with me? Does anybody know what apologetics means? It doesn't mean you're sorry for something. It means, right? It can mean that, but that's not what it means. To give a defense. In fact, the scriptures tell us that. To be ready. To give a defense. A reason for why it is you believe. But we hear those words, and in some ways, it often drills down to, I need to have something I need to say to explain this thing that I believe. Now, there is a place and a time for apologetical training. But not everybody's called to that. We know this because when Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he wrote something very interesting. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 4. And he says this to them, and he says the following. It was he who gave some, this is Jesus, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people, that's you, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we can take one enormous collective breath. Not everyone is called to be an apologist or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist. But we are all called to do works of service, to do the work of ministry. Every member, a missionary. Now, for some of you, you are quite skilled when you are asked why it is that you believe. 
you, because of your own interest or because of training that you've received, you've gone through courses or you've read books about how to share your faith in systematic ways. And really, since in, in many ways, the public ministry of, of uh, Billy Graham, we, we have in our mind's eye who is a, who is a good witness someone who can stand up and tell the truth and tell the truths of the gospel in winsome ways and we give a defense. However, no disregard whatsoever for Billy Graham because I hail from his home state and greatly grateful for his ministry. He was ministering in a time where most people, most had at least heard the phrase Sunday school. And in many ways, or at least in some sense, knew what it meant to be inside the doors of a church. We have more in common with what is happening in Acts chapter one than we do with 1950 America. And the goal of the mission of Jesus is to return us to the 1950s. What he wants us to be is to learn to be witnesses. But thanks be to God, it doesn't require a class. There is a place for that, but it doesn't require that. What, it's, what he says is, you're going to receive the work of the Spirit, and when the Spirit comes on you as a believer, you are on mission to be a faithful witness. So what then does it mean to have Holy Spirit-inspired mission. My role within the ecosystem of the body of Christ is to work towards the equipping of God's saints to tell and to be a witness for Jesus and his kingdom. So this morning is exactly what I'm doing. I want to invite you in and I want you to have the ability to reflect on where you are in your life, where you are in your relationship with Jesus, because there is the treasure for where being a witness actually begins. So let's walk through it briefly. It's three Ps, I'm so sorry. I told my friend yesterday I wasn't going to do alliteration. Yeah, there I am doing alliteration. Okay, first point, presence. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the first way to be a witness to the kingdom of Jesus, to be used of the Spirit, is to be present with other people. To be present with them wherever they are in their life. You are present with people outside of your immediate family or your immediate friend group. And are you present for them? Not because they are a means to an end, but because you're present with them because of who they are and you're glad to be with them. Being a witness for Jesus is first seeing the person in front of you and practicing the single most important step in all faithful, spirit-empowered witness. You ready for it? 
Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us in his prayer that he prayed for us on the same night that he was betrayed, before he was to go under trial and be arrested. This is what he prayed for those who call on the name of Jesus and who are sitting here this morning or joining us on the live stream. Here's what he says. Verse 25 of chapter 17 of John. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The first step of being a witness for Jesus is being present with someone else and showing them the love of God in Jesus Christ. And that love may be just listening. And it may be listening for a long time until a moment comes and the Spirit will empower you because of your presence with that person to ask a simple question. I wanna give you two examples. One, there is someone who is here this morning who has shared their story with me. I'll protect the names to protect the guilty, but here's the story. For seven years, this person lived next to a pastor. And that pastor never once in those seven years uttered the name of Jesus or did anything else other than to be present in this person's life. But one day, one day, by the trash cans, this man asked my friend, you good? And that would begin a story of that man coming and knowing the kingdom of Jesus and his gospel. You good? It's that beautiful. The ministry of presence, the love of God in Christ towards another human. Now I wanna tell you my story. Do you know the most important question I've ever been asked before I was a believer? I had been witness to, hated it. Christians around me tell me to burn my albums, never. <laughs> Going to the church, sure, if I can steal stuff, yep. <laughs> but the single most important question I was asked, and the reason I stand here this morning was this question. After Sunday school, where I made a rear end of myself, I left that room and that Sunday school teacher came down that hall and he remembered my name and he said, hey, Randy. And I turned around, I said, yeah. And he said, will you come back next week? Came up to me, I do not remember his name. Will you come back next week? We have no clue what is happening in the heart and life of another human being. We don't know what brokenness they're carrying. We don't know what loneliness they're experiencing. We don't know what success they're experiencing. 
and we don't have to. All we begin to do is to be present and to show them the love of God in Jesus Christ who did what? Showed us the glory and power of God by being born a human being. Presence in the manger. Presence in his ministry. Presence with those he healed. Presence when he broke the bread with his disciples. Present at the trial. Present at the cross. Present in the resurrection. Presence of the Spirit. The love of God in Christ has poured out his love into your heart. That's enough. Now go be present. Second thing, practice. Practicing what it means to be a witness isn't practicing the arguments. It's practicing what it means to be a Christian. Committed obedience to simple truths, my friend Cole would say. Committed obedience to simple truths. Here's what I mean. A few weeks ago, Dr. Um, Moore, uh, used to be part of the Southern Baptist Church, Russell Moore, at an interview was asked about, in essence, the mission, making Jesus known. And, and he paused and, and he thought about it and he said the following. He said, wherever I travel, even those who would say that they do not believe, rarely, if ever, have a real problem with Jesus. It's the fact that so many people who claim the name of Christ seem so angry, so hardened, and rude, and that they often experience what we would call the fruit of the Spirit in different places, and often not among those who claim the name of Christ. So this is work that needs practice that needs to be done by the Spirit. It's not living radically, it's just learning to live as a follower of Jesus and living and following in the way of Jesus is itself a form of witness. It was in the book of Acts. What you'll hear of these next few weeks, and I'll read it again, it's important to hear of what happens in Acts chapter two. Hear these words. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods and gave to each one as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were just practicing together 
in a community of committed believers, committing themselves to simple obedience, giving themselves to the word, allowing the word to shape them and moving into each other's lives. The witness of the community of Jesus living for Christ together and for this his sake, but encouraging and providing for each other was a witness to the world. That is beautiful. And so people were asking, why don't you do all the festivals we used to do? Why don't you make all the sacrifices that you used to make? And they got to see, well, it's because I have a new way. You see, it's this word we've heard before, repentance. Now pause, you hear the word repentance. What we hear is, I need to ask forgiveness for all the ways I've been a bad girl and boy. That's not repentance. Repentance actually is changing your mind and way of life from what it was to some other way. And that way is spirit-empowered, simple obedience to radical truths. I used to live this way, and now I've changed. And so here's my question. If you know where the grace of Christ has caused you to change from one way of life to another, instead of focusing on the way, talk about the grace that has caused the change. Where is God's grace at work in your life? Tell that story. Do you know where the grace of Christ is at work in your life? Where is the Spirit confronting you? Where are you struggling? Where are you wrestling? Telling that story is practicing what it means to be a faithful witness to Jesus. It does require practice, but it's spirit-empowered. And it's not grand, but it is the story of how I used to live this way. And now I'm seeking to follow him. I'm a glorious mess but I want to follow him. Finally, participate. It's similar to presence, but it's different in this way. When we've looked over the last number of weeks the ways in which Jesus brought his kingdom to being, what we notice is Jesus was doing with his kingdom what he taught us to pray. In just a little while after the supper, we're going to pray this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus is doing by bringing his life, his presence, and his practice to his people. He's showing them that his kingdom is about changing the stuff of life, working to renew relationships, work, play, art, music, all of it, every square inch, every moment holy. Therefore, to participate as a witness to Jesus, it is the encouragement that whatever you do, as Paul would say, do it in the name of the Lord. This is what 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and he says this in verses 31 to 33. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. Follow me and my example as I follow the example of Christ. All Paul is seeking to do is to participate in life, in all of life, and seeking to do it to the glory of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, by doing the stuff of life, the mundane and the extraordinary and everything in between, doing it in the name of Christ, we are participating in the Lord bringing his kingdom and renewing all of life. All of life. This is what the prophet Jeremiah would say when, he, when through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord would tell his people, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. So when you go to work, when you go to play, regardless of where you are in your life or whatever it is that the Lord has given to you, doing it to the name of the Lord is seeking the prosperity of the place where the Lord has planted you, to use the gifts that he's given you in the name of Jesus, following him. We are participating in the Lord renewing all things. And so, friends, being a witness to Jesus by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not coming up with grand arguments in defense of who the person and work of Jesus is. There is a place for that, but we're not all called to that. But all of us are called to a mission field that only is yours. And learning by that spirit to be present in the practice of the faith and in participating where the Lord is bringing renewal Slowly but surely, the world is being made new until Christ comes again. This is the work of a witness. Let me encourage you today to reflect, Lord, where can I be present? Where do I need to be practicing? And where can I participate? And the spirit who empowers us will show you the way what a great opportunity we have to be faithful witnesses on mission by the Spirit for the glory of Christ. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, fill this place, fill this atmosphere, fill the hearts of your people that we might be faithful witnesses in the world for your kingdom. Lord, help us to be mindful for the places where we can be present, places where we can practice and where we need to participate. We cannot do it unless your spirit leads us. We need you. Come Holy Spirit, that the kingdom of Christ and the renewal of all things is taking place in invitation 
in practice and through the work of the hands that you've given us to do today. Help us to do it. Come, Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.